Welcome to The Original Doll. I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it, so you hear directly from the producers, the songwriters, the artists, and more to learn all about these great songs while promoting the arts. And we also give back to charity, so for every question or guest answers, we get items donated to those in need. For more information, go to www.theoriginaldoll.com. While you're there, you can join our Patreon page. On Patreon, just for a dollar a month, you're able to help keep this alive and free for all. So thank you so much. Big shout out to my Patreon patrons. So today's guest, we're going to be talking to recording artist, songwriter, producer, Mickey Blue. And we're going to be talking to her collaborator, Sandy V, producer, songwriter, many of you know. Today, we're going to be talking about his song, Selfish. And have no fear, we're going to be back a couple times with him talking about his other work with Britney Spears. So be sure to go there. Now, with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording, ripping, stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you do see these online anywhere, please report those posts to the webmaster. Thank you so much. We're going to get right to this. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is The Original Doll. The Original Doll. All right, everyone, I would like to welcome you back to the original Dial with James Rodriguez, where we go behind the scenes of music from the people that created it. Today, we have Mickey Blue here, and I'm going to hop in and tell everyone the songs that we're going to talk about over the next few episodes are really good. And I say that, honestly, as a fan of Britney, Katie, Rihanna, Kylie, Little Mix, all of these people. So... I'm happy that I get to talk to you because some of these songs, I want to know more about them. So I just want to talk to you first about like, you know, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you thank for being you here. Thank you so Dollar. much for having me. No, I'm exploding with joy. Like I, I can barely sit still as you can see. I'm just really <laughs> excited to be here. Thank you so much. Oh my God. No, thank you. Because I think what I love about your, your music is for those who are listeners and are like, oh, I don't know, Mickey, I don't know. This is why we have you on here because people <laughs> should know who you are at this point. Thank so let's, let's, go, let's, let's go back and let's give a, a little bit of bio information. How did you, how did music get involved in your life where it made an impact? Oof. Um, okay, so going way back to when I was little, um and this is something i'm processing as an adult now in my in my wise years um but i i didn't speak until about the age of like past a bit past three years old maybe closer to four but i was always singing so my parents knew that i was still clever like they knew that i was smart and active but you know, I had this speech problem, this difficulty reading, writing, um, this issue with language. So um, music was my way of communicating as a small child. So I was always wow. singing. So then it was just never a question of what I was gonna do with my life. It was always gonna be music. I just didn't know where in music I was gonna end up, like which lane exactly, but it was always gonna be music. Um, and, and now I'm, 
I'm learning as an adult that, you know, I had a lot of learning disabilities, but I don't like that word disability. I think it's just, I, I was creative. I was just a creative kid and I just learned differently. So that's what I was going to say. It's, it's different learning. It's a different yeah, learning skill. It's, it's totally different. So music was always there for me as a kid and through my life. And that was always the thing I was able to use to express myself when words failed me. Um, but then I became a songwriter. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I love that. What, how old were you then when you created like your first song, like the, when you wrote your first song? Oh my gosh. Um, I think I was probably like eight or nine writing really bad poetry and then like per, like basically rewriting i was just saying this actually the other day um when a friend of mine was interviewing me on the gen w <clears throat> excuse me but i was saying like i basically like rewrote like kiss from a rose by seal <laughs> <laughs> like i thought i was writing an original but like definitely was probably stealing from seal like straight up <laughs> so <laughs> That's amazing. But, You're like a peck on the cheek from a petunia. Like it's so, yeah. like, <laughs> like, doing like a few things here or there. And I'm like, I wrote a song, mom and dad. I'm amazing. <laughs> You're like, this melody is catchy, isn't it? And then they're like, right? uh, that is that Batman song, Kiss from a Rose. Like what you yeah. just saw that movie. <laughs> exactly. So thank God I didn't have a record deal at eight or nine years old because I would have gotten into a lot of trouble because I knew nothing about copyright infringement. So the most litigated artist ever as an eight-year-old <laughs> I wrote and I will always say bye to you and they're like that's I will always love you what are you doing <laughs> that's not okay <laughs> I love it so let me ask you this then if music you know played a part in how you were a songwriter storyteller if you will who are those artists that you listen to that that songwriting caught you because I always say to people I go you can have we get you know um attracted to like the voice are attracted to lyrics all sonic sort of thing so who were from the songwriting storytelling point of view who were those artists that kind of hit you and had an impact on you okay I would definitely say as far as songwriting I mean there were many writers and I also loved jazz growing up so I loved like Billie Holiday who was an amazing songwriter um, and Ella Fitzgerald wrote some of her songs. Um, mostly she was a singer, but God, what a great storyteller. Um, but I would say like for, especially for pop music and in high school, when I really started to like write in my horrendous journal, you know, writing my terrible poetry slash songs, um, I obviously, Queen Britney, as we spoke about <laughs> um, earlier, yes. I just like her, her songs, um, obviously like most of the hits being by like Max Martin. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he is just, I think he's like every songwriters and artists like King, I guess, or like a person that we aspire to write as well as, or close to it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, so Britney's songs obviously were just such incredibly written pop gold, you know? Um, also Mariah Carey, her earlier stuff. I just loved her early. I mean, her other songs are great as well, but I think when she was really in it and she was really contributing a lot to the songwriting. I mean, I loved those songs and I knew every run and I knew every lyric. 
that, just, that's what yeah. that's one of those things that you that you brought up that I think is really important is because it almost seems like early on in many artists careers and a lot of the songwriters and producers you're kind of in this this bubble where yeah. there especially like let's say Mariah with like the first album there was no expectation that it would be as big as it was and right. oftentimes like uh even even I was listening to an interview with Olivia Rodrigo it's like when you have nothing on the line really of course that there's expectations but when it surpasses what people thought you still were able to create an identity and focus on who you are because then and I mean to be honest most of you you don't have Max Martin jumping on to be like I want to do unless it's you know Max Martin you know camp sort of thing but most people they stay in this bubble of we're developing this artist and I think that's something that's important and we've learned in the past several years is that a lot of people didn't realize Mariah Carey early on really had a part in her music, the melodies, the songwriting. And, oh, yeah. and what I think is funny when you mentioned that in a couple of your songs there, and we're going to talk about this in a second too, is you do harmonies and you do these, these stacked vocals, these things, this different quality that I love because it's so, it makes it so much bigger and yet it still is personal. Thank and you. I think it's, I think it's cool because, you know, and we're going to, we're going to talk about, you know, a couple of those, but I think what I like is you can still enjoy the storytelling of it and enjoy your voice on this. So when you talk about Mariah Carey, that Mariah Carey was multifaceted. It wasn't just about those runs. It was about telling a story, yes, having an identity. And I think that's where, that's where you are with all this, which I love. So then let me ask you this. How did you jump to, okay, this is what this is this is the profession. This is what I am, you know, ultimately wanting to do. When did that occur? And how did you get started? Like big label sort of thing, meetings, that sort of stuff. I feel like I kind of fell into songwriting because at well, first when I was younger, I was like, I'm gonna be on Broadway, you know? <laughs> and and I was like really ready for that. And I do think at some point in my life I will write a musical like I feel like I'm destined to do like a pop dance musical yes. at some point so get ready future me <laughs> future world no um but for being a, a songwriter I think it was yeah just I kind of fell into it I went to um Berkeley College of Music for university before that I was studying opera believe it or not and um I was studying to become a coloratura but I was- uh, And for the listeners who might not know what that is? uh, Yes, it's the highest soprano. So you have, you know, like alto, um, mezzo, alto, soprano, mezzo, soprano, and coloratura is like the queen of the night aria, like all the little fun, Mariah Carey bird notes, basically. (laughs) So, So I was studying like four different languages, which I'm terrible at, obviously, from my past childhood. And, um, but I loved opera, it was really fun, but I was still writing pop music throughout that whole process. And so I, I transferred to Berklee College of Music and I was writing there as well, but I still didn't know that I was gonna be a songwriter and an artist. Like I still, I wanted to be an artist, but I just didn't know where my path was gonna take me. It was still so confusing. And the music industry was in this weird collapse at the moment and shifting into streaming music. And it was just a really weird time. So um, I started 
doing demos. Once I graduated, I moved to New York City um, and all my friends, I was like singing all their demos. And then I realized like, hey, like they're broke. So they're not paying me for singing on these demos. But mm -hmm. like, I'm also not making money, but it's fun. I don't know what to do. How do I like have value in these songs? So then I started saying, okay, well, you have to let me write the bridge of the song if, if you want me to do your demo for free and you don't have a budget. So I started learning how to write because of my friends. Um, and so because of that, then I realized like, okay, I sing songs better when they're my own. Like it's more of my true voice and it's more of my true sound and what I want to say. It just feels better, everything about it. Um, so yeah, I would say that's when I really knew like, okay, I'm going to be an artist, but also write, and I want to write all of my own stuff. And that's kind of when that shift happened for me. And then, so from there, when did you decide, okay, Hey, I'm going to start working on these. I'm going to be, you know, the first person point of view. I'm going to be, you know, creating this ultimately instead of for other people, for myself and because now we're going into you working and creating your own you know as you're kind of identifying yourself as a singer as a songwriter all of these things and not just a demo singer not just the bridge writer that you're like I am the full shebang so yeah. when did that um yeah I think um yeah so maybe after like a few years of of doing these demos and and I started having a band, um, which I'm still friends with my band and we've scattered to all corners of the earth, um, which is really fun because we're all still like really close, um, but we're all living in different countries and cities, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it just was a gradual process. And then I put out my first like real project in 2015 like at the tail end in December so more like 2016 I just really was sick of not putting out my own stories and I had so much to say so I just kind of came to a breaking point where I was like if I don't put these songs out in the world I'm just gonna be immensely depressed and unable to function like I just need to put things out that are truly my own because also at the time I was doing a lot of dance records um, which is really fun and I still do a lot of dance records as featured artists and um, that's great it's I love it and I'll still do it forever probably but that's different than me getting to fully tell my own story instead you're like collaborating in other moments with other people so this truly was mine. And after that, I was like, okay, I need to do this again and again and again. And now I'm kind of resurfacing with all of my songs. And I'm sure we'll get to this later, but with Sandy V, I've teamed up to put out an entire project that we've worked really hard on. And I'm so excited. It's just like the most important stories I've ever written. So <laughs> See, and, and this is the this is the cool part. And for those listeners, and I always say on the original doll, like I always let people go, hey, if you're a new listener, what does that term mean? Or who is this person? Because this is what I love about this is somebody may be like, Sandy V, who's that? And everyone, it's Firework. It's Only Girl in the World. It's Rihanna, Britney, S&M, you know, Selfish from the Femme Fatale album. This is somebody who is a big producer who's worked with the biggest Literally stars. The biggest. <laughs> and, and not many people can be like, I've written, you know, number one singles for Katie, Rihanna, Britney, like 
not not many people can say that. And so what I think is cool is that here you are as an artist going, this is who I am and what I want to do. I'm still open to the collaboration, but I think what I've loved about your music so far is, and for the listeners, I always, I never like comparing artist to artist, female artist to female artist, because I think we yeah. do that a lot. What I love is that your music can easily fit on these playlists with all of these women. And <laughs> w- the first song that caught my ears was Dance You Out in My System. Like, I was like, wait, what is this? What is, because I think you make great cinematic anthems. You you. (laughs) could easily put that on and take a clip from Breakfast Club of them dancing around in the school doing like the feet thing and it fits. And I think this is one of those that the song isn't easily, it can be seen as like an anthem because it makes you happy. It draws you in and it keeps you there. And there's no part in there where I'm like, oh, I can't sing that part. Like, oh my God, like this is too much for me or it's too fast for me. It is so friendly to the ear on all aspects. And I and I mean that in a way of, you can just take it in and enjoy it. That there's no jolt where it's like, wait, where did that key change come from? This all works. So talk a little bit about dance. You know, that, how did that song get created? That sort of thing. And then we're gonna, be playing a snippet for the list so the listeners at home you'll be hearing a snippet of this right now but for us here right now we're not hearing that but tell a little bit about dance thank you um so wow so dance you out my system um the full long cinematic title (laughs) um i actually did in lockdown believe it or not um yeah it's crazy i did it over zoom with my really close friend Phoebe Ray and our other close producer friend Andreas Kruger and it was just it was actually a crazy day because it was the pandemic it's lockdown we all are terrified of life (laughs) the world is basically Mm -hmm. apocalypse and you know we still somehow book a session over zoom and you know we're still figuring out zoom at this point everybody in the music industry we're like how do we do this and what's with the latency, what's going on. So basically um, we only had a couple hours because it was Andreas's birthday. And (laughs) he was like, Hey guys, I have like three hours. So I'm going to go out and get, you know, drunk later with my friends. Let's wrap this up. Like, let's go. And so Phoebe and I were like, okay, let's do this. And Phoebe has, by the way, become like one of my best friends in music. And we write so much music together now. So she actually wrote Paradise City with me as well. Um, She's amazing. She's also an artist and writer. She's great. But um, but yeah, so we wrote this like literally on our laptops. I had boxes all around me because I was moving apartments the next day in London. And I just... I was just surrounded by crap and like trying to write this song. And we were like, God, I really miss like going out. And we were talking about like, you know, being in our early, early twenties and, and saying like, yeah, remember when you just like go out to the club and like get really drunk or just like need to sweat somebody out of your body, like just dance so hard that you literally like sweat the bad energy away and like swept them out of your system. And so that's where we came up with dance you out my system. And I just wanted to kind of relive like going out again, but like half of the fun of going out and partying was like, 
you know, getting over someone or falling in love with someone. So we just were desperate to feel something and feel human connection at that point. So it was just really going back into our histories of our love lives, essentially. <laughs> I love that. Okay, listeners, here is some more of Dance You Out My System. I heard you got a new replacement. So I just want to get wasted. Shift face to get you out my head. Now I know. All right, everyone, I would like to welcome you back to the original Dial with James Rodriguez, where I unpackage music with the people who created it. Today, we are joined by mega creative artist, producer, awesome person. Every story I've ever heard about you has just been complimentary. We have Sandy V here. So Sandy, thank you so much for joining us on the original Dial. Very happy to be with you. <laughs> it's it's This is going to be fun because I created this this show as a way to highlight the songwriters and producers and talk about the music because there are lots of people who want to know behind me this is my wall of just Britney Spears from Baby One More Time all the way through S&M all the way down vinyl and then here's Katy Perry Rihanna Madonna Janet you know I make sure I got all the all 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 the queens covered right here but we also give back on here. So for every question you answer, Sandy, we get items donated to charity. So for every question you answer, we're helping out homeless LGBT plus teens, women and children in domestic abuse shelter, kids fighting cystic fibrosis, cancer, and more. So thank you and Mickey Blue for being here today talking with us. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Good job. All right. So Sandy, I mean, there's you have a million songs. And they're all good. And the problem is trying to <laughs> cut down to which ones we'll talk about. So today I want to talk about uh, one of your Britney Spears songs uh, from the Femme Fatale album, Selfish. And then we're going to talk about your joint work with Mickey Blue. So mm-hmm. Sandy, how did you get involved? How did, because I know that you were working on a million projects all in 2010 and 2011. Yeah, yeah, New York was pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane. So we're going to talk from this album, your song "Selfish." How oh. did you get involved in? How did you get involved in "Selfish"? Um, I was working in in Manhattan with Stargate, and we spent like, um, I mean, for for over a year, I think I was like at the studio every week working. So we've been working, working, and uh, and at the time of "Selfish." We were just writing song and mainly we were working with Esther Dean. Love her. Um, yeah, she was the, the main writer at the moment. I mean, we already had a couple of songs with her, you know. And um, so there was just magic, the combo, Stargate, Sandy and Esther. So, uh, and we came out with that song, Selfish. Um, 
and uh and i was excited by, by that song which is like a really good pop song and i was very excited about the song um and i don't remember i think we sent out to the label or uh, i don't know and i i, I knew that uh, at the time um dr luke was executing producer of the album uh, i don't really remember but we sent out the song i think first to the label to the you know, and everybody was like, wow, it's a great song. So we just sent out. I'm assuming the, um, you know, the song got to Britney and she loves the song, you know, and uh, and uh, and that's it. And then we've been getting that song, you know. So when you were creating, you know, something like that, was it just, hey, we're in the room creating stuff and then go, let's, so this wasn't written specifically with Britney in mind. It was like a collective group of, oh, let's just, send this here and see what they think sort of thing it was just like uh, so right for her um that's why i mean we sent it to britney you know and that just happened <laughs> you know it was the right time they were still looking for song for the album you know um i was a little bit upset about, about it because it was supposed to be a singer and i think that song is a singer it's a great hook it's and uh and it as mickey and i are like yes all. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm assuming for some politics reason. And uh, yeah, that's it was not a single, you know, but. uh, And what I have received so many compliments on the song Selfish, because here we get a lot of listeners that say things. Many people were saying that this should have easily been a single. Like there was not even a a, a second guess. Like this makes the most sense. That's um, just such a right pop song to me, you know. I'm not saying it's the best song ever. No, it's not. But it's a great, great song. I, I think the, I don't know it, it works. That's the definition of a right pop song to me. Just like oh, 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 oh. It's I don't know. It works. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. and okay. that's and what I've loved with the the listeners is that they when they love a song, they love a song. And so this song, you know, they tested it out in in the market in U.S. on radio. I found out they started testing it August of 2011. So it was it was played on radio just to kind of test out to see. And I know from the feedback from the listeners on the original dial, they love it. They've also learned the politics behind an album. <laughs> if let's say somebody's executive, if I'm executive producing, I've of course would push the people that are underneath my label or publishing to do that. Not saying this was the case, but this song is really, really good. And to me, it fit the Britney brand, the Britney style. And even listening to today, it doesn't sound dated. No. And there's a fine line between pop songs that can stand the test of time and still sound fresh. This does. Yeah. This sounds fresh. It's a great pop song. It's timeless. It's selfish. It's, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was upset about it because I, I really love that song. I think it's a great, great song. And uh, this song could have been like way bigger, you know. Well, and but, clearly uh, you have an ear for music. So if you're like, I like this It's song. funny because when you when you show all the cover, the room, blah, blah. Um, for me, um, being a producer, ma- making pop music, it's not just what I do. It's uh, kind of a culture, it's the way I grew up, you know, with the top 40, you know. I don't know, I have a fascination for pop music and for pop in general, you know. Pop to me is um, it's timeless. It's just a great song, no matter how you're going to dress it or do it, arrange, you know. You can just play on the guitar or whatever, sing a cappella, and 
it works. And if you sing like selfish, it works the way it is. You know? so, it yeah. it does. And it's the combination of you and Esther Dean and Stargate that just it's yeah. this synergy that works. You know, so, I have to do with Stargate. I mean, since the day one, um and every session we did, I mean, we had so many uh, big records, you know, here here in the US, but uh we had a lot in the UK through with many, many different artists from Neo, of course, Rihanna, Katie, but um, yeah, it was working. It was, we had that magic time where like so many songs came out from those sessions and we were just like big songs. You know? I was going to say those songs didn't just come out, they blew up. You know, these songs, <laughs> these songs are amazing. And have no fear, we will be back with Sandy V and Mickey Blue very, very soon, as well as upcoming episodes with Shepard Solomon, Steve Anderson, and more. And don't forget, go through www.theoriginaldoll.com if you haven't listened to other episodes before. All you have to do is look through the list of episodes and you will see song titles. And that's the way these are treated, more like chapters, where you get to learn about one song or two songs. So go ahead and find it through that portal. My name is James Rodriguez Horton. Big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the flip side. (laughs) 